Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Trust your gut. It's something that we hear, something people talk about that are in, intuitively we know what it is we should be doing, uh, but we don't always make the right decision because it's more than just your gut. There's a deeper science behind it. There's deeper history behind it. And we're going to learn a lot about that. How do we go from just trusting your gut to understand why you're doing it and why more importantly, you should do it to be a successful entrepreneur. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast brought to you on C-Suite Radio and sponsored in part by The Wine Ambassador, the nation's fastest growing wine club. If you like to drink wine and you want it delivered to your house easy and let other people make good choices for you, go to wineadam.com and, uh, and, and check it out. It's, it's a pretty cool little club, great group of people. Today we're going to talk about intuition. My guest is recogni had recognized the true power of intuition and has been trusting it and it's been directly responsible for his success growing a number of startups to a combined $20 million in revenue before moving to a very successful career as a business consultant and helping companies increase their productivity by using business intuition to establish trusted professional relationships. He's used his learning and experience to write two critically acclaimed books, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster, and Gut, and took his message on the road speaking to tens of thousands of people all across the world. His online program, his, or his programs have done over 50,000 courses with numerous testimonials on how intuitionology has helped others find success in their lives. Sunil Godsey, appreciate you being here today and talking to us. Thank you, and thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to learn more about it because, as we mentioned, as we were talking a little bit before, there, there's sort of a woo-woo part of us, and a lot of us don't want to necessarily go there and or don't know how to go there, I think, is, is maybe a better way to put it. And so I want to learn more about intuition and, and how it works. But let's start a little bit with your, your, your career leading up to it. You were a serial entrepreneur, a number of startups, 20 million in revenue through a series of companies. Most, most people in entrepreneurs that are successful never hit that kind of number. How did you get on that path? Where, where would you get your start? So my start came when I was very, very young at five years of old. And this is where I really understood that I was meant to be sort of the, 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 the entrepreneur in me. Uh, and there was a situation where my father had told me uh, that there was these video games that I wanted and he was saying they're too expensive. And this is when I had this, there was this voice that was telling me that that wasn't what I wanted to hear. And what I should be doing is actually going door to door um, in raising money. And I remember this very, very strong voice. And so that's what I did. And this was very contrary to my family. My family's like, don't bother anybody. You just do what you do. And so it was very obtuse to the way I was raised. So I did, I, I went door to door and I raised over $200, $100 went to charity because that's what my school did. And the other $100 went to my dad. And that was the first time uh, I realized two things. One, uh, I realized what the power of intuition was because it came to me in the form of a voice, which I call an intuitive signal. And the fact that I was able to, actually raise money as a five-year-old kid, right? And of course, I had lots of milk and cookies along the way. Um, <laughs> and so it was really, really great. Um, and what happened is as, as time moves on, society takes over and societal rules come in and everybody else's um, opinions come in. And 
if I look back at my, the history of what I've been involved in, every time I did something when it came to sales or marketing or ops or whatever you want to do, whatever business language you want to put in it at 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever it is, I've, I was able to excel. Um, and so that, that entrepreneurial spirit in me was always there. And even, you know, selling suits, getting through engineering, no sales background. And pretty soon in two and a half years, I became the third highest dollar per hour uh, salesperson. And it was basically because I've got sort of that, the basics of what I think was entrepreneurship moving forward. And that translated into a number of businesses, um, getting into the wholesale and retail clothing business. Um, the time that I was actually being a firstborn South Asian male, of course, doctor, lawyer, engineer. So I became the engineer, but I hated it for three years. <laughs> and at the same time, though, after about two years into engineering, I said, this is nuts. Like I, my entrepreneurial, the fervor is coming up. And so there were a number of investors and we got together and we brought the first um, senior frogs up to Canada um in back in 95 and so this is where i was making 32,000 as an engineer I was making as a group over 150,000 in dividends running this restaurant part-time and and the writing was on the wall like that i was such an entrepreneur i gave up engineering i didn't speak to my dad i had to sacrifice that but if i was going to trust my intuition because my intuition was telling me that get rid of engineering follow this and it felt so alive and when I started the restaurant that went for a couple of two, two and a half years. And then that's when all the other businesses came before people started knocking on my door to start consulting for them. Interesting. So, so why, um, why the restaurant business like, that has nothing to do with engineering and has nothing to do with door to door sales. It's not, it is entrepreneurial, but it's not a product. It's a, there's so much that goes into a restaurant. That's a tough place to start. Why, why that direction? So part of the, the, the biggest part of uh, any kind of venture that you have is to build those trusted relationships. And so I didn't need to understand the restaurant number. I needed, uh, sorry, the restaurant. I needed to understand how a restaurant kind of operated. And I had a number of mentors that I had on the side where I had really good relationships with me where they were telling me about uh, where the number should be, where the wastage should be. So they're giving me benchmarks that these are people I trust. And then the people who run the operations, we had, we trusted the, the right manager, we trusted the right general manager, the right person ahead our investment. And it was very important that we established those restaurants from my intuition that was saying, this is the right person. And when my intuition was saying this wasn't the right person, then uh, you know I was pretty heavy in saying, I don't think this is the person that's gonna help us move it forward. So the key is not to really kind of worry about the output, so to speak, or the business itself, is to hire those people who are smarter than me that can actually run it because I'm here to put money in as well as the other investors, make sure that this is a vibrant opportunity for downtown, it was Calgary, Canada at the time. Uh, we had merchandise and things like that. So it was really about those relationships that was really important. This is where your intuition becomes really, really important, whether it's hiring somebody, bringing on a partner, bringing on an investor, though your intuition is really good in snuffing out those people who talk good, but the actions aren't there. And when you have those mismatch in words or body language or tone, within 14 seconds or less, uh, research has shown that your intuition is able to pick that up and know whether that person is the right person or not. Understood. So what was going on in your brain during this portion of time? Because intuition is on one side of your brain and engineering is clearly on the other. They don't really cross. Uh, how was your brain fighting with itself and how did you, how did your in, internal intuition tell you which that intuition was right versus fact-based engineering? 
So this is where uh, things called intuitive signals are very, very important. And we all have these signals that tell us what's right and wrong. So when, I'm, when things are working for me uh, in any business perspective, the, the dots connect or there's a flow and I get and I feel excited. And it's a general, it's an easy pull. When I'm getting something that's conflicted or anxious, then that that anxiousness, uh, I've got to investigate what is that. So do I need to talk to more people? Do I need to talk? Uh, do I need to look at the research I've got or the experience I've got? What is what is there? And so when, when it came to engineering, as I moved ahead, the only things I really enjoyed about engineering was actually working on crews and creation. Uh, you know, so taking a piece of dirt and putting you know two hundred houses on it with roads and pipes and everything. I love that, but I just didn't like the engineering itself. Every day was a bit. Yeah, I was getting that anxious uh, feel. And then when that pitch came to run a uh, a restaurant. Um, it, oh my God, that flow was just there. Everything opened up. It was like the sky's getting brighter, um, you know, and it just made sense for me. And that's it. I've got to go. It's so strong. My intuition signals are so strong moving in that direction. But I kept battling, you know, my dad. I'm going to lose my dad. Uh, and that was that anxiousness. But it was almost like this voicing, it's fine. You know, it was so strong that I had to move that way. The sacrifice had to happen. I didn't speak to him for a number of years. But boy, oh boy, when I made that move, holy moly, like all the opportunities started coming, the people I started meeting, the mentors I've got, um, the number of people that came in my life, it just ballooned from a, from a business perspective. And so uh, that's where really trusting and knowing what your signals are, getting the education to know what your signals are is really important because what happens is most of us, that little whisper, or little anxiousness, we let it go. And that gets louder and louder, which is what your intuition does when you ignore it. And for me, it was getting louder and louder in those three years until I couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, and the, the, the elastic band had to, to snap, essentially, um, for me to make that, uh, that move because I was holding on to my dad so much, holding on to what societal norms wanted, uh, so holding on to what I need to say in the East Indian community and to everybody else, I'm an engineer. Sounded good to everybody else but myself. I, I, it's so interesting. So many questions coming up in my head, but I want to stay mostly on task. But there, there's some, sometimes you hear a good story or someone gives you a good sales pitch or they use NLP or, or different techniques on you and, and sell you. What's the difference between being sold and true intuition of knowing what's right? So when I, this happens all the time. So when I'm looking at someone and I'm meeting them for coffee, quote unquote, pick my brain, um, you, you know, there, there's things that they're saying and I try and ask deeper questions that take them off of sales paths, right? So my question is a little bit obtuse where, you know, where did you learn about this? Um, oh, interesting. Um, uh, do you know someone, uh, tell me of a specific situation that this helps somebody. Uh, and these are typical questions that some, some people in the sales pitch aren't used to um, answering. So when I ask specific questions that get them off of a path, because I've been pitched so many times, I kind of know the path that's coming. Um, so when I, I take a look at how do they react when I take these questions off the path. And a lot of times if they know what they're do doing, their other body language shows it, their eyes, they're, they're not shifty. Uh, their body language uh, doesn't change as much. They don't slow down. Like there's a lot of things that I look at from a body language perspective, their words. Um, and to give you a very good example, as someone who's a quote, quote, life coach, I kept seeing her in all the, um, the VIP events that I went to. So clearly she's making some money um, if I'm using that as a basis. And so we met for coffee uh, and a couple of things. So she started me on the pitch um, of running some bunch of seminars. And I, I, I tried deep, going deeper into her method. What's her method? And it ended up being, so she's borrowing the method from Tony Robbins because I understood the language of values. So that was her basis. So first of all, it's coming directly from Tony Robbins. Um, and then she had, uh, she had um, 
uh, pitched a webinar, done a webinar, or sorry, a, an event somewhere locally where they had, they, he, she was telling me, she said she had paid them uh, to come, um, but she didn't know that I knew the owner, and the owner said, no, 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 she paid to come here. So, um, you know, a bit of back checking. Um, if, you, if you don't do that, then, you know, she was asking uh, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 for her program, whatever it is, but you know, a couple of questions save, I mean, I wasn't going to spend it, but somebody else could have wasted $10,000 there on someone who just doesn't know what she's doing, right? She's spewing something from Tony Robbins. You, you know, you may get the one or two customers, but that's it. They're not going to tell anybody else and they're not going to come back to you again for, right. uh, you know, and I tell people, treat your customers like a franchise. Don't look at the upfront fee. Look at the recurring revenue. If you treat everybody like an upfront fee, you're finished because there's nothing else that they're going to come back to you for. <laughs> that's so that's so true and you know if you take care of your customers they'll take care of your profits if you think about when you started studying intuition you said it was always something was in you you followed it but then it became a passion project of yours and you put you know 10,000 hours into learning about it it's it's a very abstract thing intuition right the, the science behind it is is newer the 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 way people think about it where did, where did you start? Like, where did you go to say, all right, I'm going to learn more about this? So this really came from when I, when I wrote my first book, Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And that book was really about, here, listen, I'm going to write about a whole bunch of stories of failure. And if you look at these, this book and you've, you can avoid a lot of these failures because this is how some of these entrepreneurs or business people overcome their hurdles. And so when, when the book was published, I went, on, uh, I went across to the Canada and, and a couple of, and was also in the world, a couple of uh, other locations. And um, the one question I kept getting was, what's the one thing that uh, is the de facto way to overcome failure? And I said, well, that's impossible. I mean, there can't be one. Uh, and everybody kept asking me that. So I went back to the, the, I said, okay, listen, everybody's asking me that. I'm just going to go back to the podcast and listen. And it was really funny that 80 to 90% of them either said they didn't, they didn't trust their gut. They knew the decision that there was make, they were making some version of this thing called intuition that they were really ignoring. And so that's when I said, oh, my God, like there's, there's, there's this, this piece here that these people are talking about that is very common. So when I started doing the research, it did come from a very spiritual kind of woo-woo meditation perspective. And that's fine. You know, if, if people really think that that's what the definition is, that's great. My, my, the whole thing with intuition is not to force a definition down your throat is to say that you have it. Uh, this is how you use it. So it came from there. And I said, if I'm going to make a book for the masses, I got to find, you know, MRIs and things like that. So when I looked at the academic research, I've got the MRIs because it's out there. Uh, and then I did a lot for more research. And I found that there's actually four different types of intuition that actually all work together. Um, and it does rely on past experience. And so um, I, I had this one interview with uh, a fellow by the name of John Rothschilds. He was, uh, he's now retired, but he was chairman of the CEO of um, Care Operations Limited. And so he said, look, Sunil, I'm your friend. I'll give you an interview on intuition. I don't understand this, this thing whatsoever, but let's sit down. I, I'll, I'll give you an hour. And that's fine. That's great. And so we started and you can easily tell at the start of the interview, he's, his word is boy language. Yeah, I wish I could see omens. I just don't get it. You know what? And he can, he's an investment banker, right? So all his decisions are on spreadsheets. And he says, yeah, I really wish I could meet that person. So as I'm educating him in that one hour, I'm, I'm talking to him that, well, it actually is based on data and experience. That's part of it. It actually is on, you're looking at people and you're evaluating them because he talked about teams. Um, and so all the examples he's giving me is exactly how intuition works. And so in that whole hour, his body language is changing. His tone is changing. He's getting excited. He's starting to give a lot more examples of where intuition actually did, uh, did play a role. And then 
um, I asked him, so did you ever, intuition has you make some crazy decisions. Did you ever have one? He said, absolutely, Sunil. Um, he said, listen, I was an investment banker making lots of money, two, $3 million a year, probably uh, high-end restaurants, uh, limousines, uh, private jets. And I want to trade this all off to run this tiny bankrupt restaurant. And of course, everybody's thinking like, there's something wrong with you, right? Well, you're cuckoo. And he, he was right. saying, even, even my wife was saying, you're nuts. What are you doing? And he said, nope, my intuition was saying that that's what I wanted to do. And he quit his job, he rolled up his sleeves and he walked into that bankrupt restaurant. That bankrupt restaurant was Eastside Mario's location number one. And over 20 years later, that became over $2 billion under different brand names and acquisitions before he retired at the time of my interview. That's how intuition works because he was able to use it without even realizing he's using it. And the whole reason is because he didn't understand it. And in that hour, I made him understand exactly how it worked to some degree, of course, uh, because he has he didn't take the, the courses, but I just need to him to understand how it actually worked. And given his vast experience, he knew exactly how it worked. He just he just needed to use it and know that that's exactly what he used. We're talking to Sunil Godsey on the Entrepreneurs MBA podcast, talking about the power of intuition and how to use it. So, Sunil, I want to jump into that portion of it, the the how side of it. It's am I, am I correct that everybody has it? Absolutely. Everybody okay. has it. They're all born with it. Okay. So, so we all have intuition. We've all probably used it in, it, it could be as basic as you're at the store and you buy this shirt versus that shirt, right? You, you know, you, you feel yourself in the future looking better in one piece of clothing versus the other. Absolutely. And, and, and we choose it. So, so that's the subconscious side of it. How do we begin the path to the conscious side of it? Like where, where's the starting point? So the starting point is really, and this is where my, my the, the courses come in, is what it does is it, it explains what the different types of intuition is, how it's formed. So, so the, the free course that I have basically takes you and breaks your intuition into all the different components so that you really, really understand how the, all, all the components actually work. And so what I do in these is, is ask you to make a list to say, okay, here's a component of intuition. Why don't you go back? and list those times when that component of intuition played a role in your life. And then what you're gonna to start to find is that as you're going through your past experiences, you're gonna pick up on these intuitive signals um, and situations where you've used it. And that's when the subconscious area, which what you use automatically, becomes more conscious because you're thinking about it. And now you're much more aware of it. And when you're much more aware of it, then when that subtle signal comes up, uh, because you're going through the, the exercises, now you know what your unique set of signals are. And they're all unique, right? Because your experiences are different than mine. So if we can look at the exact same business venture and you'd get excited and maybe you get some of the hairs on the back of your neck going up, indicating your excitement. For me, those dots are connecting, saying that that venture absolutely works, but I've got a different signal. Same end goal, we're both gonna pursue the venture, but the signals are very important that you need to really tap into. And once you have that knowledge, then you know where to go. And, and so a really good example of this is that there's a swimwear uh, company owned by this, uh, fellow, uh, this person, Tatiana Banaon, in, in uh, Toronto. And after our interview, uh, she, she uh, dove through the courses and got a hold of the, uh, her intuitive signal. Um, and there was this, this one piece of anxiousness that she got. And so one guy was trying to take her to Miami and pitch her swimmer worldwide. And she said, had I not listened to that whisper that I would have uh, been in tune with after an interview, I would have gone to Miami. And it, what ended up happening, this guy stiffed um, a whole bunch of people down there. She would have paid for the hotel rooms, the models, the clothing, uh, the travel. And she said, my business would have been done. 
But because we talked about this whisper, when this guy came to me, there was that, that anxiousness whisper that said, there's something wrong with this guy. And I backed away. She backed away from what was seemingly one of the best opportunities in her life. And the guy scammed her. Uh, well, was about to scam her. He scammed a whole bunch of other people. Um, and then since then, she found her purpose and her business is just taking off. I mean, the number of customers returning, the higher the spend per, per cart item is much higher just because she's now using that to be in tune with her, her tribe or her customers. Interesting. And you can get Sunil's course at intuitionology.com. There's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says, join my free course. Uh, it's a great opportunity to really dig in and begin to start this process. But there's probably a number of people out there whose experiences have been poor. They've made the wrong decisions. Their, their intuition is telling them this thing just ain't true. How do, is it purely mindset where they need to make a decision to begin to trust? Or how does that person who's made gut decisions and they've been wrong in the past really put themselves on a better path and a better understanding of what their intuition is telling them. Sure. And this is where you have to make sure that you're not confusing intuition with sort of making an emotional decision. And what happens is either we make a decision way too much an emotion and we're convincing themselves that, oh, my intuition told me this is very, very common. Or they're too rational. The data is, is being shown that this is what I've got to do this way. Uh, the data is there. And so I've got to make that decision when uh, oftentimes that's not where you need to be. So there's a couple of things that you need to do. One is do the exercise to balance the emotions and the logic they had in the heart. And certainly the, the, um, these are one of the, the, there's four intuitive hurdles that I talk about. Um, being too rational is one, being too emotional, the fear, a fear of failure. And the other one is being too much ego, where you're either too narcissistic or you're trying to follow a herd. So when, when any of those four come in, you're, gonna, you're not going to allow your intuition to send those signals through. Um, and so you have to be very, very careful. So what I tell people to do is if you're facing a decision with a venture or a partnership or a customer base or a new product or service, take the time to step back. And this is something called, I call an intuitive medium. You step back, you can go walking, cycling. Where do you go to daydream to what, cut out the noise to make sure that you're thinking clearly? Uh, nobody's influencing your decisions. And what happens is if you're in tune with your signals, when you're thinking about something, the signals are going to be right or wrong. They're going to be positive or negative based on your, your set of things. So what I do is, is, is when I drive long distances, when I fly, um, particularly when I look out Niagara Falls, um, that's when I think strategically for my business. I, that's my intuitive medium. Just before going to bed is when I think more tactically or operationally about business. In the shower, there's a lot more of my personal life that comes out. So even within different environments, um, I can tap, tap into intuition and they may share one, like driving long distances. I can think about both the personal and professional, but, and I can have the podcast on, I can have, uh, I can have a radio on, but I am zoned out because I've gotten so good at getting into my intuitive medium that I just zone out and my intuition is full on. If I'm going from London to Toronto, which is about two, two hour, two and a half hour drive, my intuition is full on for those two and a half hours. And I get so much accomplished just by going through my intuitive thoughts. So you really have to figure out what are your intuitive mediums um, because then you can calm down the emotions. You can get rid of the logic. And then that's when those intuitive signals are when you're asking a question, is that signal a positive one? And it could be that you have to come back. If it's an important venture, one, one visit to the intuitive medium is not going to say, yes, this is, uh, you know, it's not like the Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to have to come back again and again. You may have to talk to somebody. You may have to maybe have to go and experience a bit of a, uh, a, 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 you know, one where you're pushing further. Oh, and the intuitive signal is getting a little bit louder. I need to back off. So it's really testing that. And uh, this is where you have to be really, really careful 
not using emotional decisions or very rational decisions as a proxy for intuition. Yeah, and I bet the, the there's, a, there's a whole lot of want. I want something to happen. And so therefore, I convince myself it's going to. That's, that's a trap that I think all of us fall into in some ways is your process and, and, and through your courses, obviously there's more to it. It's not a one day, it's not a one day change, but um, how do people begin to get their brain out of the way a little bit? So a lot of it is, is so the, the way that intuition works is because you have these signals and you're trusting that into your intuition to, to tap into those signals, you're actually giving up, you know, sort of uh, that ability to uh, what you think you're giving up the ability to allow those signals to come through. But it's, it's the thing is, it's so easy that the issue, the reason we, we don't do it is because we don't know what these signals are or we discount them right or we put ourselves in situations like being too emotional and a lot of times not only are you making the decision but you're also reading what's happening so if you're for example if you're looking at a customer base some entrepreneurs they force an idea through and the ideas is great that you come up with but the market will obviously tell you whether it's right or wrong so are you getting the right type of person that's coming in are you, and you're also looking at the, uh, the uh, signs and signals of the, the people buying your products. Are they really interested? Are they not your friends and family? You know, are these people really excited? Uh, do, are they looking at convinced at your pitch? Uh, because they shouldn't have a lot of angst in their face, right? This is where your intuition is really picking up on these things. Um, and so if, if you're really doing what you need to do, then the people will come, right? And they'll come in droves because you've got the right product, you've got the right messaging, um, you're in a niche, you know where your, your goals are going to be. Um, and you're able to scale it. And so it's really, really kind of, I mean, it's, it's in you there. What you're trying to do is let's get rid of the old, the bad, why I'm making those, doing all these things. And let's, let's allow the intuitive signals to come through. So a lot of it is, is working, scraping off the stuff that you had before to make sure that you actually do allow the intuition to come through. And it's actually pretty easy. You just have to put in the work. Um, and and that, the hard part is putting in the work. Um, you know, and if, if you look at statistics and, and uh, you know, if you look at a room full of 25,000 people, and this is these are statistics that Harvard had put through, if you look at the number of people who are unhappy and the people who actually take a course um, to actually help themselves, of the 25,000 people in a room that actually put up their hand and say, yes, I'm going to help myself, uh, the number of people that actually do and go through and finish, one. One wow. in 25,000. So are you the one or are you going to be the other 24,999 that's going to say, yeah, I'm going to help and I'm going to change myself, but then don't do anything. And so there's no, there's no, I mean, obviously you're, you're not going to be happy because you haven't taken the steps to help yourself. That's very true. And I want to think, I mean, I've been thinking a little bit about like <laughs> of where our sort of worlds collide, right? So you've got the intuitive side. I do strategic planning for clients where we figure out exactly why is it you're doing what you're doing? What do you do next? So when you walk out of, um, my courses, you know exactly what to do and why you're going to do it. And when I start those, that process, my clients have a very set path. Here's, here's my client. Here's what I want to do. Here's my values. Here's my vision. And through my process at the end of it, through a series of questions and allowing them to think deeply, they come out with a much clearer version. A lot of times very different. Is that intuition at play? Just allowing them to, to be freer in the thought process around their business? 
Yeah, absolutely. And this, and this, there's, there's a couple of things you want to take a look at. One is let's get to the brass, brass tacks of why you want to kind of go into business. There's a passion that you have um, and you want to put, but passion is only, you know, part of the, the, the message, right? Or part of the percentage, right? So that's being passionate about something is, is, you know, maybe, maybe 50, 60% of what you want to do. You know, the other 30 to 40%, you actually have to run a business, right? So you have to match that passion with purpose. And when you have those two things melded together, you can really kind of move mountains. So, when, you, when you're looking at putting things on paper, are you really using lingo because that's what the market wants to use as lingo? Or are you actually really looking at it because this is how you want to push things forward? Because when you, when you take a business idea that you're really passionate about and you have expertise in uh, and you want to push it forward with some kind of purpose, people come to you in droves because they can feel that, that uh, purpose. Don't forget, not only is your intuition working, so is everyone else working on you. So they're looking at you. They're looking at your passion. They're looking at how you're talking. Are you just part of the noise? Like, because they get pitched uh, thousands of times, uh, you know, especially with social media now, how many times you get pitched today? Why are you different? And if I can feel that you're different and it, it, fit, it suits, uh, fits my needs and my values, my intuition is going to say, that's the company I want to use, uh, pay my hard money on their products and services. So you have to come with this fervor of passion and purpose that's all driven by intuition. And so what, what I'm thinking is what you do is, is, is you're scraping that to say, okay, what is that passion or purpose that's moving you forward? It has to come clearly in these words. Otherwise, if I'm not convinced and I'm helping you, what about a stranger? Because that person's not even going to give you, he's, he or she's going to look the other way. And then you've lost a whole bunch of customers. So it's very, very important that you use your intuition to whatever you want to put on words that other people can feel it because their intuition has to feel that you know what you want. Just like that other person who was just uh, Tony Robbins uh, lingo and she couldn't answer any of the thing. There was, I, my intuition picked up on so many red signals that there was absolutely no way I was going to give her even a dollar of my, uh, my, my pocket. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and for all you listening, if you look at your own website and it says customer focused or customer oriented, um, you know that you need to do a little more work on your website because those are things that everyone can say, right? Oh, it's getting deeper. It's hitting a point. If you're not customer focused, who wants to do business with you? So just those little things. Uh, so I appreciate you bringing that up. So in the last five minutes or so that we have, I want to talk a little bit about your, your business and, and how you've used your intuition and your success to bring more people to you. Over 50,000 people have invested in your course, whether the free course or, or the paid courses and taken their time and their dollars to do it. The path to 50,000 people obviously is, is a long one, but how did you begin to get people to, to learn about you and your product and, and what, what are some of the markers of your success in getting those 50,000 people? Yeah, so, so I typically do marketing um, backwards. Uh, and so, for example, when I launched my first book, uh, you know, typically the market says, launch the book and then go ahead and then do conferences and speaking events afterwards. I didn't do that. I, I did it backwards. I did a huge conference. Then I had the book. I got some uh, media attention and all that and got a bunch of book sales. When it came to intuitionology, what I did is I didn't have a website and I didn't have an idea and I had everything that I put up front first and then push an idea through. What I did is here's my idea. Let me test it, right? So I've done the background research. Uh, let me understand what my customer is. Who's my customer? And so uh, this is when I, uh, I had a two film crews. I went out and interviewed over a thousand people to see how intuition impacted their lives and saying, okay, here's my idea. Here's my concept of what intuition is. Do these thousand people, do they fit? And when I talk to them about intuition, are they engaged? Do their eyes light up? Are their lives changing? And I'm telling you, boy, oh boy, in the, last, in the first two and, a half, two, two and a half years, 
people's lives were changing like crazy. So I did no marketing whatsoever because people were finding me through the interviewees, the people who saw me on stage. And so pretty soon I had 50,000 courses taken up to, to date. Uh, now we're at about 52,000 uh, from people just finding me because when I talked about intuition and it resonated with them in terms of the stories I had, uh, the types of interviews I had, some of the, I've had some vulnerable um, people sharing vulnerable stories uh, to the public because they wanted to help save other people. So I knew that this thing called intuition that I'm tapping into to get people to understand is helping. And it's people are, when they understand it, they use it for better gain in their personal life or the professional life. So that worked. And so that became the core set of my uh, courses. Uh, the first set of courses were text-based and they were priced actually low. Uh, they were at $97 for the premium courses. And I actually got razzed by a number of customers. I said, first of all, <laughs> we want to see videos because your personality is not coming through. Uh, and second of all, why are you so cheap? Like I'm getting so much value. My life is changing. Are you kidding me? 97 bucks? What's wrong with you? Uh, and so again, the first thing is, okay, I want to flood the market. I want everyone to have it. And they're saying, yeah, but you're, you're just, if you're changing my life, I want a price point that's going to be indicative of changing my life. So I changed everything in videos. Uh, I spent six months with a team, uh, changed everything in videos. Uh, I got some more interviews. So each, each module has a different person, different case study. Uh, and then I had some worksheets that are fillable. So I had to design those and up the price. Um, and actually there were more people coming in because I think people are for some reason, because the value was there, you know? Yeah. And so um, it, it's really kind of understanding the customer, making sure I really understand it. I got from their perspective and then I built a business around that. Whereas a lot of times we do it backwards. Here's my idea. Let's do a website. Let's get branding. Let's wrap everything around it. When you don't even know if, if, if you know, and then you go pitch it and people don't want it. Well, how much, how much money and time have you wasted now when you should have figured out, is that really what the market wants? And that I have an expertise to match that. So you have to be careful. From my perspective, it worked that way. And so I'm actually starting my 10 tips in 10 days starting tomorrow on social media. Today is going to be sort of the pre, the pre one. But now I'm actually starting my social media journey today. Uh, and, um, and so I'm really excited to see where that goes. Perfect, perfect. And by the way, uh, we're recording this on February 21st. So no matter when you listen to it, go back to February 21st and you can get Sunil's 10 tips um, Sunil Godsey, I appreciate you being here. The, the last thing is people can go to your website, go to um, Intuitionology and, and get the free course because every one of us needs what he has there. There's no cost. Just invest a little of your time to learn about it. But when people listen to us and they're in the car and they're, they're, they're heading to whatever their next meeting and, and something strikes them about this conversation and they're like, I need to learn more about it, but they're not at their computer yet. What, what can they do? in the moment to begin to start this process, to begin to put themselves on a different plane and think about their intuition until they get back and they can go online and learn more about it. Very, very first thing is think about one of the most important ideas you've been thinking about that's been bugging you in your business for the past week, 10 days, six months. I mean, you, you, you decide. And then take the time, calm your mind. And if you're in the car or wherever, uh, you know, cut out the noise and think about it. Let it wrestle. And when you let it wrestle, ask some of the questions that you're at, you were asking before. And when you start asking the questions, what does it feel like? What does it feel like in the moment? What's it, what, are you seeing any different colors? Are you feeling any sensations? Now what you're doing is you're starting to get the, those intuitive signals coming in. And if the signals are uncomfortable, then what you're thinking about is, shouldn't be working. You've got to think about it in a different way. If there's a flow or if it's very comfortable, there's a pull, you're just feeling that's right, 
now you found out that, okay, I'm going to take one step in that direction and then go to the next step. Okay. Once you take the step in that direction, go to the next thought. And then, okay, if I take a step in that direction, this is what I see. And then what do you feel in that moment? And then that's now you've started the basics of education of looking at your intuitive signals coming through um, to really answer your question. And that's as, that's as simple as it works. That's exactly how it works. And so you can do that right after you're listening to this podcast, test it out, test it out with, uh, and if you want to think a, a negative signal, find out somebody that was bothering with you uh, in the past. Think about that person. As soon as that person comes in your mind, boy, oh boy, there's going to be some intuitive signals that are going off right away. And now, you know, you've got one negative signal that you can actually use in business uh, when you're bringing on a partner that's not good or a person you shouldn't hire. I love that. You made it so easy. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate your topic and learning more about it. Thank you so much. You got it. And thanks everyone for listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast uh, with Adam Kipnis. Please follow me on social media. Just go to Adam Kipnis on any of the major social media channels. It's my name there every time. Look forward to having you on the next show. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.